0: probably one of the best things I ever did you know was I was sitting in university one day and it was doing the same and it was doing me absolute nothing I was chatting with my friend on Facebook who was in Melbourne and uh, he said like you know see when you're finished your degree come over to Melbourne because there's a marathon on here in two weeks time and I thought two weeks <laughs> and he says I said well I better sign no up for it then and he says great see you next year we'll sort everything out and I said no I'm coming over weeks time and he says what and i says i'll be over two weeks time he said right great so we'll sort stuff out so he was doing an itinerary for me being there two weeks and i was like i don't have the time to be there for two weeks and i we can only come over for the weekend like no so way. uh he was like you're going to melbourne for the weekend i said look i don't have i don't have the time i don't really have the money to be doing this here like but I, I, I think i can do this and he says you'll never do you'll never be you'll be so jet like you'll never get marathon. Did the marathon sorry, on Sunday, and it was, was pretty beat, like. But I think I did it, it was 318 or something I guess. Wow. And then I flew home there on Monday. I was, back, <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was back in university on the Tuesday. I was back in university on the Tuesday night, and actually on the Tuesday night, I was on the same at the hand. in. that, my friend, was Ali Shaw, and this
1: is the Inspirational Runners Podcast. He recovered from cancer twice, he's ran around 100 marathons, including jet-setting off to Australia for the weekend, a sub-3 in a naked trisuit in London, numerous back-to-backs, and he crashed out in the Donegal Hero at a mile 98. He wrestled with altitude in America's most famous 100-mile race, the Leadville. I totally love this podcast. With great pleasure, I present to you, Ali Shaw.
0: I guess what, Ronan's had today. It's had a huge, huge impact in my life, you know, from, like, a kid to up to who I am now, like, so. So you were always running when you were younger? Um, yeah, yeah, I well, was a kid, yeah. so. so.
1: Let me read this off. I took this off your Facebook page. <clears throat> I read this this morning and I thought it was good, like, so. And this was after your Donegal attempt. Donegal quad, so. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> So that's where we're going to start, like, but no, I read this, I thought it was very good. Um, a friend in work as well, I got her to read it. I thought it was a beautiful piece. Like, but, So 35 years young and first ever DNF, 98 Donegal miles, and I couldn't do the remaining 7 miles. Totally destroyed. An introvert who loves people, but people exhaust him. An addict of many things. Chain smoking in the presence of anxiety. Whose relationship with alcohol was a depressing one, where the line between love and addiction is not always clear. Recovering overthinker, pain is the familiar. A fixer who can't fix everything. A listener who sometimes likes to talk. A survivor of cancer twice, embracing sensitivity. Fun is important, hugs are good. A liberal who's still learning acceptance. A traveler who likes home and not one for the limits of labels. So read that on your Facebook page uh, <laughs> Donegal Quads. I can't believe I
0: wrote that, Like you know.
1: That's well, it's extremely well written. Um, I want to talk about Donegal Quads first, actually, from that piece. There's quite a lot in that, do you know what I mean? It was quite a, an open and putting it out there sort of message. And I know, we all know how we feel after that race. You always come A-Race.
0: It was my first ever
1: DNF. It was a big race, so DNF and 98 miles. And it was funny, it Was when I was running around Tolly Moore um, last weekend, Barry McCarroll joined me. I said you were calling around the pod this week. And he mentioned to me, I met him <laughs> in the Donegal Quads. Yeah. And just tell me a bit about that. Uh,
0: <laughs> so I kind of turned up with the... I was supposed to... Um, yeah, so the race had started at like 2 o'clock. I had a wedding to go beforehand, so I'd, I went into the wedding, walked into the church, said hello to everybody, and um, yeah, before the, before the marriage was over, made an exit out the back church, jumped in the car, drove to Donegal. I had nothing to eat at all. I was eating an ice cream on the way there to the start line. <laughs> and uh, So that was the start of the quad race. I managed to do 98 miles. When I look back now, I can't believe it. Like, but Barry and his mates were just brilliant very very good though yeah because four
1: marathons back you can do that over four days or you can do it in the one yeah. hit, which is the hero yeah isn't it and it's 100 and 105 miles obviously then is it yeah it's
0: 105 106 miles i could see the finish line but and my, my body was working but my head wasn't and it just every time i put my foot forward like you know i just kept falling over and Kept saying to myself, keep going, but my head was just totally gone. I didn't know where I was, what I was doing. I was just broken. Yeah.
1: And like did you, like 98 miles is some distance to go through. Like were you feeling, like you must have been feeling up and down before you got to that point.
0: Um, no, I was actually feeling quite good. It was just the, the next morning I, I was, I felt pretty bad. As I said I think it's, it's earlier, like I know nothing about nutrition and, and getting stuff into you. Cause Gary said uh, Barry says he come alongside you and he's
1: like, "Come on, Ali, we can do this. We can do this." Like, and you got up and you kept them going, and and he said, "You know, cause it's okay. Like, it's about pushing on through." And he he said, "Ali, looked at me and he just said like, no, my heart's hurting.'" And Barry <laughs> was like, "Okay, sit on the wall, Ali. Sit on the wall." I
0: was like, I was in a terrible state. Like, I was, I was, my heart was sore, and just the lack of sleep was just getting to me, and uh, I just. I didn't I didn't get enough sleep the night before. And I need my sleep more than anything else. It's no well, longer races is what gets me, it's the lack of sleep more than anything.
1: So what, what draws you to those longer races then? Like um when I first contacted you it's because you were going over to Leadville. And I'd I'd read about Leadville years ago and um Dean Karnazes, and like you never actually thought people could actually do
0: this race. Um, uh, so what what made you pick that race to begin with? Uh Leadville. Um, I think it was I probably read the book Born to Run and then I just I was I wasn't doing a lot one day and I just was reading about it and at the time I was reading about it, the entries were open for it, thought I put my name in for it. Never thought I'd get it, but it did. <laughs> so I did. So I'll get in and that that's really how it happened. But it was the it was the book Born to Run probably that that spelled it out for me, so mm. it's something special over there. But what draws me, to it I don't know, I've I've been in the running for a long, long time, and, and then Martins didn't do it for me. And then I just started doing longer races and bigger challenges. And that's probably, you know, it's part of my personality, I guess, just the, the challenge of it all.
1: So, you've been running right from right since like school sort of times, or
0: yeah. So, I grew up in a place called Strabah, I grew up in a, an environment which was kind of filled with a lot of instability. and. Saban was always known as the, the unemployment black spot of of the world. And uh, <laughs> so as a as a kid, you know, running was always not something to kinda of fill in fill in the gaps. And uh, when I look back now when I think about Straban, it's you know, when I was in primary school we didn't have much in Strabam, we there wasn't much about, but we had a lady called uh, Liz McCulgan. oh well, Liz Martin, this you know, but she was always one of ours, and there was always a, a real sense of, of pride. And when you look back at Liz's marathon times and ten K times, it's just it's amazing. So I guess Liz probably played a part mm-hmm. in the where where I am today. You know, I, I forgot about Liz for many years. Until I was talking to somebody recently about Liz McCulgan. I was just you kind of realize the sense of pride that you have, and I went on then and ran around many of the same roads that Liz did later on at, at school, especially in secondary school, like I, I struggled at school academically, I didn't really fit in at school, I had sort of problems with, uh, school wasn't for me, it was very, it was too strict, so it was, and uh, somebody asked me, you know, how did you get into running? I was probably like, I loved, the, I loved the 1500 meters and it was that kind of eyeballs out stuff and, <laughs> It's the guy who was always... I was never the fastest at it, you know, but it was always the guy in front of me. I was always chasing after him, you know, and and that's part of the running that I absolutely love. And maybe other people understand that. It's the chase in the running. It's the mm-hmm. guy in front of you that you're running after, which is, is one of the best parts of running. So... And how did
1: that develop then? So how did that develop from
0: 1,500 metres? <sighs> um, so I guess... Can you remember your first 10K? Yeah, I I did did a 10K, but again, I wasn't really into it. So I probably got into, um, so I left school, didn't really know what I wanted to do. So I went on to university and did a degree in something I don't really have an interest in, so, um, and first few years didn't do any exercise at all, put on so much weight And then when I was come, I went on placement from university and I decided to lose all the weight again. So I started, started running again. I started training for a half marathon and the placement I was in, there was a guy out. He was the first guy I'd ever seen, cause people talk about marathons. He was the first guy I'd ever seen, did a marathon I'd run the next day. There's no complaints about, oh, I'm really sore, I can't run a marathon. People will know him when I see him now, but his name's Joe Quinn and uh, Joe worked in the same place that I was in placement, and I was very lucky because I was able to see Joe, a guy go out run every day and never complain about being sore. Um, and Joe did my first half marathon with me, and it was always very inspiring. I guess to to see Joe um, do that every lunchtime. So when I finished mm-hmm. placement, I went back to university for final year, and I joined a club called Springwell Run Club that I've been in since two thousand and six, mm-hmm. and. then and uh, that was my first kind of. It's quite a big club now, isn't it? Yeah, so it's really massive. Right? Like it's, it's Garva, Balmoney, Lamavari, Korean. So yeah. it's, it's huge now. And there's a huge team ethos there, have not they? Like yeah, you always see and their
1: it, club photographs going up.
0: Yeah, yeah. David McGavin is uh <laughs> he he loves it. he's retired now. He's like so, he's Mister P R. Like that's he, um that's his job now. I guess, but he it's it's a great club to be in because well for me anyway because I. I take running seriously but I don't take it like utterly seriously so I'm not one of these people if I'm, if I'm not getting my, my PB then I'll not I'm, You see people drop out of the races and that's mm. fair enough you know but that's not for me it's kind of finish the race Just good to you play know, be, yeah yeah whatever you're getting round is it an achievement in itself you know so um, it's a it's a great club and people have been very very good to me I guess yeah. so they have in the half marathon, can you remember how that went? I was in, I was in absolutely I was in agony for about, uh, about a month afterwards. I kind of <laughs> um, I couldn't believe you know how sore I was, but it was another few years before I would actually ran a marathon. So I put in it was. Um, what made you decide to run a marathon? Was it just a natural progression? Uh, Kinda of, yeah, like it was like everybody like you have to run a marathon at least once in your life. And I, when I was training for it, I thought it, it would be the first time and last time I would ever run a marathon. So the club gets a few entries every year. Uh, and I put my name in to get an entry in the London Marathon, and I didn't get it. So it, and the guy called Johnny Goldie got it instead. And, and I just never thought about it. And then Johnny's partner, Sarah, had contacted me and um, she rang me and said, Look, Johnny's injured. Do you want the London space? And I thought, Give me it. Like, you know, I'll take it. So I, I stuck the training plan and uh, when I look back now, at it was my first marathon, uh, I stuck the training plan, it was terrible, I hated it, hated every run, didn't enjoy it at all and when I, was before the race, before it uh, was London, I said, that's it, I am never running another marathon again, but once I crossed the finish line I just knew that was uh, that was just the start of it. <laughs> what time did you run that marathon? I uh, ran uh, three, three nineteen. Wow! But like when I went out, like I was, I was out running, like I didn't have a clue what I was doing. Like you know, we we're running sub six minute miles, you know. And uh, it was the first time we would ever hit the wall, like and it was just the pain and the agony about 19 miles. You know, you're just yeah. what's going on here, like you know.
1: But you must have had a good uh, built up a good base over those few years
0: coming up to that. Yeah, yeah, it was, um, so, I, Spring, through Springwell, like, I, I understood what it was, the train, and, you know, speed work, and interval sessions, and hill reps, and th- that was all very new to me, and, uh, so I kind of learned that when I was with the club, and, uh, I talk about the chase again, you know, when I, when I was running there, there was a, there was always an older guy there called Jerry O'Doherty, and, uh. Jerry not mind me saying this but Jerry was a bit older than, than most of us so he was but we were all chasing after Jerry you know because Jerry was quick man he was in, he was in great, great shape and he was very inspirational to many of us who, who ran around so um uh, Jerry kept me going for many years you know and uh pushed me he really did he was out of my out of my comfort mm-hmm. zone so yeah
1: and um, that first experience then so you sure you wouldn't have heard of the world majors at that stage would you have no no and but the marathon the london marathon for your first marathon like like that experience and that noise was it what you were yeah expecting? yeah
0: yeah and um what year was that it was 2009 and i i knew from the second i crossed that line this would not be my last marathon <laughs> and leading up to that it was like, this will be my last marathon. Yeah. But as soon as I crossed that line, I just thought, this is just the start of it. I have to do more, like, you know. But uh, it was a good few years after that before I, I, I did an all-race. You didn't so, go out
1: for a run the next day then, though. No. Didn't go out for a run the next day, know.
0: But I, I, was, I was thinking about Joe Quinn. I was thinking, how did he do it, like, you know? It was an agony. So I couldn't walk for about a week.
1: Brilliant. You mentioned here twice in that post um survivor of cancer twice yeah
0: that's something i didn't know about you so so after after i finished um, london in 2009 i kind of continued running but everything was okay and then at the end of the 2009 i kind of i noticed physically that that something was wrong so at um in december 2009 I, I, i went for or sorry it was January 2010 I went for an ultrasound and then they told me there and there you've got cancer so you have so what age were you uh, then I was 27 so I'm 36 now so yeah I was 27 so I went in the hospital and I didn't think anything I never thought oh might maybe I have cancer here never crossed my mind so I thought I'd go in here and they just tell me it's nothing and on you go. So and then, so this was about six months after. It was about seven months after the London Martin, So I was I was in good shape. So it was, and uh, I wanted to do an all race. So, <coughs> sorry. So, yeah, I was told that I had cancer, and uh, so I was totally shocked. I was like, "What? I'm <laughs> so fit and healthy, and uh, so it was a yeah, it was a it was a total shock, and then." So I had surgery then, like basically, I was in for an ultrasound, and they said to me, "You're not even leaving the hospital." And I was like, "I have a dentist appointment in half an hour. Like, I have to go here, Like, you know." And they're going, "You're not going anywhere." I'm like, "Oh my god!" So then it all it sank in, like you know. Yeah. So you went in. You went into the hospital, <laughs> feeling extremely fit.
1: Like I'm gonna go in here and get checked out. I've got a dentist appointment in thirty minutes <laughs> later on this <laughs> afternoon. And then they hit you with that that news. It seems to be that you got it. You're pretty lucky that you got it pretty early.
0: Yeah, I was, I was diagnosed quite early. So I so, was uh, stage two. And, um, so after I had the surgery, the, the surgeon said to me, you're very lucky here. You know, <coughs> It's very unlikely that you're going to need any more treatment. So you'll be okay. You know, and That was a feeling. So then, the end, and they did more tests on me. And, uh, so unfortunately after the test, they seen that the cancer had spread. So I was lined up then for like a, for like a few months of chemotherapy. So it was just like, uh, there's a lot know. to handle at that age or well, any age is a lot to yeah, handle. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Definitely. Because like I was, fit, I was fit and healthy, you know, and you kind of mm-hmm. think to yourself, you know, Jeepers. so it was, it was a real, it was a real shock. Um, a huge shock, the system. So then I had had like maybe a month to kind of prepare for chemotherapy and uh, I got myself in really good shape like I was in, I was in tremendous shape because I remember the, the oncologist had said to me look get yourself healthy and people who are good shape go into chemotherapy you know and come out to the Orient a lot better because within mm-hmm. they're healthy so I thought I just went overboard and really trained hard and um, did everything got yourself in the best possible condition possible. yeah yeah and I remember <laughs> after the first week of it like you know I, I think they were nearly had the wheelchair me out of it like I was in a terrible state like so it was but I got better over the weeks but after the first week I was like oh my god this is mm. terrible What is?
1: it is quite a lot to handle and I don't know if the word is accept or not accept is quite a strong word in that situation there's a lot to deal with I suppose like cause when you're going through chemo um I suppose you could feel a lot very isolated when you're going
0: through that. Yeah, without a doubt, like because the the best thing for me was I I'd, I'd met somebody who had been through something similar to me and then I felt I was I was understood. So mm. it was but up until that moment you're like you're on your own for I mean, you have a lot of people around you are or, or kinda of sandy um <clears throat> or sandy, you know everything'll be okay but it's not, it's not the same. Yeah. Chatting to somebody who's been through something similar is a hugely powerful experience. And uh, it wasn't until then that I guess, you know, that it didn't feel alone. But up until that moment, yeah, I felt it quite alone. And when you started coming through through that
1: then, because that was, is that like 12 years ago? Or so, so is it? <coughs> nine years no, ago. No, nine years ago. Sorry. You're not as old as I am. Yet. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you've came through that pretty well. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? You're... S- um ali come down today and he done the local park run at cabroni and he came first so he's gone through it really well (laughs) (laughs) and he's he smashed my course record on it as well um but did it do you feel that that um situation sort of changed your mindset and how you think about things um
0: yeah yeah, oh she runs me this bit been a huge part of my recovery both mm. physically and, and mentally and uh, so it was a few years after so i was i did the london marathon in 2009 and then i like diagnosed with cancer in 2010 and i spent that kind of year trying to go through treatment and then recover and there was another few years i think it was by 2012 before i ran my next marathon and in my head because i knew in 2009 i was i was I was fit and healthy and when you go through chemotherapy you just you feel terrible mm-hmm. and you kinda of think to yourself, Am I ever gonna be that fit again? So what I wanted to do in Belfast that year was beat my time in, in London and uh I did it. I beat it. I was two, two fi- or sorry, three fifteen <laughs> three fifteen and wow. uh I was I was really, really emotional, you know, because you kinda of said to yourself, you know, in some way, you kind of say to yourself, I've, I've, got, I've got better here, you know, I've, I've overcome this, so I have, and yeah, so that was, that was Belfast. So
1: getting a better time is almost like you've gone through that real old deal, but you've beaten it, because you're, you're going in, into that 2009, the prime of your life, mm. and then all of a sudden that was just taken away from you in just one swoop, and then, all, and then you're, you're questioning yourself then really whether or not that would come back. But your three fifteen then was like i will come back and I'm better. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Um, it was a real rocky moment.
0: <laughs> yeah, it was. It was like it was so, uh, it was so emotional. It was just like, wow, you know, and uh, that, you know, I was, I was surrounded by my people, uh, myself at that, that time with with lots of runners, with lots of, you know, people who were doing running all the time, you know, and I kind of said to myself, this is something you could really get into, you know, and yeah. I did. And you do you do
1: find then you did find that that sort of helped you through that period, especially coming back I suppose because it was giving you a, a measure I suppose that you
0: were getting better and you're getting fair. Yeah, um, running's been many different things to me over over the years, um, but there's there's a there's a huge amount of of trauma that that's kind of associated with with having a a cancer diagnosis, and. Th- we're not really taught how to deal with trauma at all. So many of us, like, we'll we'll just go out and run ourselves, you know, uh, and just run and run and run and run and run and just try to forget about what has actually happened in our lives, you know. And you see it quite a lot, you know. But most people, to be
1: fair, I know we had Jared on here a few weeks ago and he made the point, you know, everybody is running for a reason. Yeah, yeah. And it it helps everybody and it's the best therapy that's out there. (laughs) I actually laughed on a Facebook post one day that somebody had posted up and said "But well, the doctors are now prescribing park run yeah, yeah. Um, for stress and we're like oh who knew <laughs> you
0: know <laughs> what I mean like, and um, but this is great I think Parkrun runs played a huge part in um, getting people into running like you know when I started running in 2009 there was only like a few marathons across Ireland but now like you can go every weekend there's a marathon somewhere yeah so it is and uh I think park run from the very smallest level has played a huge part in in building the run community so it's 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 great it's a great therapy so it
1: is mm. you see some of the park runs there getting two three even four hundred people sometimes like at a park run, and a lot is a great gateway for new runners to come in isn't it yeah, and uh if, you
0: know. I've, I've ran a lot of distances, but one of the, the most amazing things you'll ever see is somebody running their first 5K. You know, it, it's it's amazing to watch, and it's still, it still makes me the hair stand in the back, mm. you know, just to see people do that, you know, and, and that achievement um, to get, you know, to do their first 5K, it's, it's, it's class. How many park runs have you done? I uh, don't so know, about 160, I think. I don't know. Which is insignificant when you compare it to like you know to some people who, who've run in, uh, around Belfast. It must be, you know, playing, you got park. He park run gym. Must be up this near five hundred now. You know, so yeah. People. I seen you put a post up one time of. Was it McGavrey? Yeah, yeah. Surreal, like you know, because you run with the prisoners, like and uh, <laughs> it's it's uh, it's totally surreal. Really nice guys, you know. But it was really funny because uh, I uh, there was me and another guy were running head to head and uh, he was a prisoner and uh, all the prisoners were shouting for him like you know so they were I thought I can't let him beat me here like you know so I had to take him like in the last stride. so uh, but uh, the guys were brilliant and they are really really good Yeah, really so they good. have a park run in Maccabry then do they? yeah the park run in Macabre, so it is and uh, it's, a, like, it's a, like a seven lap and it's just up and down seven laps but they're looking to Put it outside the the inner walls. Put in the 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 outer inner walls. Yeah. So they are, and uh, but it's a beautiful course in there. Quite a good idea as well, though, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I think there's there's two park runs in prisons across the world, and one of them's here in uh, Northern Ireland. So I was very, very lucky to get in there and, mm. and do that. But were you lucky to get out again? <laughs> it was like, but the I had to go to work, so they, they get they had to get me out. I had to keep saying you had to get me out really quickly here, you know. So it's a, it's a real procedure again, a real procedure to get out. So it is Brilliant. and uh so yeah the time i went to australia you know i went and did the park run over there so it is so um it's nice when you go over there and you're sort of searching out where the local
1: park runs are then isn't it just
0: yeah, just to yeah, take a box yeah. somewhere different like when i used to when i used to drink i went to newcastle on a stag do and uh i remember thinking to myself you know, you have to go home because you have to do park parkrun the next morning. <laughs> and everybody was going, what? They're on a stag here. Like, you know, and uh, I like, I have to do a parkrun. So Newcastle, it's crazy because Newcastle, I think there's only like two parkruns in Newcastle. Um, but they get like loads of people. And then in Belfast, which is a smaller city, there must be about eight or nine parkruns now. Yeah. So there is, so. Newcastle, you're dodging cows. <laughs> so you're like, <laughs> so there's there's cows in the in the park, which is run around there. So it's great at the park
1: run. They ask,
0: it's the same sort of structure
1: every park run. And having anybody new here today, yeah. it's always nice. There's a, there's a sense of belonging there. Almost. Yeah, there?
0: I, it, I, it's, it's for the people by the people. Like you know, I, I like that sort of idea. You know that it's, you know, it's it's mm-hmm. very and in, in some ways sustainable and. There is a sense of community there, you know, um, and it's lovely.
1: So you come back, you went back to London. How many times you'd run London?
0: Twice? Uh, I think three or four, I think yes. three or four. Yeah. So you ran it naked one time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I ran, uh, there's a guy called uh, Patrick Cox. And Patrick Cox is the, the chief executive of the male cancer awareness campaign. Now, anybody check out their videos for cancer awareness because they are phenomenal videos but can't, he, has, he has uh he's some great ideas so he has a he has a trisuit which is, looks like when you put it on you're naked and uh <laughs> so
1: is it padded trisuit hey? is it a padded trisuit
0: no it's just like uh i don't know
1: triton trisuits are padded for the bike
0: yeah, there's a wee bit of padding in the, the, the bottom I <laughs> so there is, so, but, so Paddy goes in Belfast and I said, look, I really, really want one of those suits, like, and I said, look, <laughs> I've, I've tortured people in the past, project for money and, and, uh, for, uh, for awareness or, uh, for charity, fundraising, I said, I can't really go out and ask for any more money, but if you give me one of those suits, like, I'll, I'll, I'll you know, I'll ask people to kind of donate to you, you know, he says, just don't worry about it, like, you know, Here's a suit, and uh, just I uh, would love to see the suit running around London. <laughs> so it was the first time that I'd wore the suit, I was kind of worried because I'd never wore it before. Uh, first time I'd ever wore the suit, and it was the first time I'd ever run a sub 3 r marathon, and it was amazing. And I was like, I text Patrick and going, That was that suit, man, <laughs> <laughs> that got me a sub 3 r marathon. I couldn't believe it, like, so I couldn't. I was just it was, uh, yeah, Do you it think
1: was, that uh, the the suit helped then, in his, in a roundabout way, that sort of took the
0: pressure off? Yeah, to yeah. Enjoy I, th- it? I think so. I because I'd never ran on try in my life. I didn't even take it out for like a hundred meters or something like it was the first time <laughs> I'd ever put it on. So I think it in some ways, yeah, it played a part. How did the crowd react to that? Uh it was really good. I so it was, uh, <laughs> it was. It was. It f- was fantastic. So it was um. There were, my God, that guy's naked. <laughs> he's, no, he's no, clothes on. <laughs> but uh, yes, it's it's so yeah. It's a really it's a really good eye catching suit, you know. And uh, Patrick comes up with all these brilliant ideas, and when it, the suit is one of them. Excellent, like,
1: and I wonder is that a record for a naked man running London uh, sub three?
0: Yeah, I think it is. I because the other guy who was running he run, ran the next year naked as well and uh, the other guy Greg somebody I forget but you always see him on TV he's always like that doctor he takes celebrities out um, um, training Dr. Greg somebody but um, he was the other guy who ran naked that year like, and I beat him like, so, <laughs> it, so I think it is a record in
1: some way the 3 is a great achievement though it's only as we've talked a few times on the podcast it's like I don't know is it one, 1% or something crazy 1.6 <sighs> percent i was surprised when paul pollock told me there during his there's only like 80 people from northern Ireland had broken sub three the previous year right okay i didn't think it was that small of a number yeah. and that's how big of an achievement is it how was your training like coming up to london Obviously you that was make- actually
0: the training for london for a sub three hour was probably the the least miles that i did every week um and i, I wasn't training for a sub three hour marathon I just had put a, three, a few races in beforehand that were quite quick. I did a lot of 10Ks and a few fi- quite a lot of 5Ks. And I always say 5 K is the very basis for, if you want a quick marathon, go out and do a quick park run, you know, and if you then, then your marathon will be, it'll be comfortable, that your marathon, and should be comfortable for at least for the first 20 miles, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the, five, the 5K is the very basis, you know, for, for a quick for a quick marathon. So your last ten k then. Last ten k obviously
1: can be tough. Mm-hmm. How, how, what do you what sort of techniques do you use? I'm always interested in how people because I struggle with that mind aspect of trying to push on through or maintain confidence through that. Do you have any sort of tools or techniques
0: that you use, or how do you how do you work through that pain? Uh, <laughs> the there's uh, there's different different things i guess um i guess one of the things is just following somebody um in front of you and just keeping your eyes on that person in front of you mm-hmm. and letting them do all the work <laughs> yeah. so that's one of the things i guess you know i normally know, come behind somebody with a name on
1: i just read their name over and over and over again <laughs> by, the, <laughs> by the last by the end of the race over those last 10k i definitely know that person's name like <laughs>
0: <laughs> Just ain't really. I suppose to take your mind off it, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's uh it's hard to kind of. It's hard though. Like, I was very lucky because when I did the sub three R, there was a guy who's sub three R and he's from Northern Ireland, a guy called Marty Ray. Um and Marty Ray ran past me at at six miles, and I said then at the six mile mark, I'm gonna stick with Marty Ray, and I did the whole time, and he got me in and two fifty nine thirty. Did, wow, so. brilliant. Um And it's because maybe because I knew him, like, you know, and I well, knew him to see. So he, he brought me in the whole, the whole way there. So, how many marathons have you run? do you know? <laughs> quite a lot, like. Quite, um, <laughs> a lot. Uh, I've stopped number counting now, so I have, but a lot. Um, Is it like 20 to 30, 60 to 70, about I, I must be nearly at 100. Like Is that right? I must be nearly 100. Because you were one of the
1: original Ames <laughs> guys. Yeah, brilliant. yeah.
0: So, was one of, uh, hopefully, like, you know, when I always look at the park run and the park run that started, and there's 13 people there, I think, did the park run. Like, look back now, there's millions of people doing it. And hopefully, like, Ames will really have millions of people doing it. And I'll be able to look back at that photo, and I was one of the first 18, I think, it was there. And we were struggling to get 18 at the time. Like, you know, we were struggling to get 18 people, people there. So I think we were allowed twenty, and then I got eighteen. Yeah. So, so hopefully if they... If that was about a ninety percent fill. That was good. Hey. Eh? That was a ninety percent
1: fill. That was. Yeah, good. yeah.
0: So uh, that was a, and they they've really taken off now. I like think it's
1: yeah. it's huge. Hundred marathons. That's quite a phenomenal. You're hitting all the, the triggers, like aren't you? So you're, you know, your hundred your hundred park runs, your. Your hundred mile races, your hundred marathons, your sub three hours—all those sort of big milestones. Yeah. Isn't it? Do you find yourself gravitating towards those sort of things. Like what next? What?
0: Yeah, yeah, you you are looking for the for the next challenge, I guess. So you are sometimes you look at distance, and then sometimes you look at you look at speed. Hundred marathons. Yeah. So tell me some of the.
1: They mustn't have all been in ames obviously. You must have done them all over.
0: Yeah, I've I've been to some, I've been to some like amazing races, and did some amazing, amazing things. So, I think I was probably one of the the best things I ever did. You know, was I was sitting in university one day, and the, the, was doing the assignment. It was doing me absolute nothing. I was chatting with my friend on Facebook. He was in Melbourne, and. uh he said, like, you know, see when you are finished your degree, come over to Melbourne because there's a marathon on here in two weeks' time. And I thought, eh, two weeks? <laughs> and he says, I said, well, I better sign no up for it then. And he says, great, see you next year, we'll sort everything out. And I said, no, I'm coming over in two weeks' time. And he says, what? And I says, Aye, I'll be over in two weeks' time. He says, right, great, Sure, we'll sort stuff out. So he was doing an itinerary for me being there two weeks. And I was like, I don't have the time to be there for two weeks, so I can only come over for the weekend. like." No so uh, he was like you're going to Melbourne for the weekend I said look I don't have I don't have the time I don't really have the money to be doing this either. Like, but I, I I think I can do this and he says you'll never do you'll never be it'll be so jet like you'll never get around a marathon and I says eh, I'll give it a go like. so <laughs> in the space of two weeks I'd sorted out my visa and all for Australia so I left Dublin on a Thursday arrived in Melbourne on the Friday and it was kind of, your body clock's a wee bit all over the place. So then the next morning, which was kind of nighttime for me and my body, did the Melbourne Park Run. And then I signed up for the Melbourne uh, Marathon. And uh, did the marathon. And so I did the marathon, sorry, on Sunday. And I was I was pretty beat, like, but I think I did it. I was 3.18 or something, I guess. Wow. Um, but I was, I, was, I was pretty beat. And then I flew home then on the Monday. I was back, <laughs> I was I was I was back in university on the Tuesday. I was back in university on the Tuesday night, and actually on the Tuesday night, because an assignment to hand in uh, within a week. Uh, on the Tuesday night it was actually grand. There was no no problem at all. I think it was my body was just filled with adrenaline, and uh, it was absolutely grand. I was thinking, why people talking about a jet lag? You know this is absolutely fine. No problem at all. And then I woke up on Wednesday morning. I literally thought I was going to die. I thought it was. A, this is the end of the world for me. <laughs> My life is over. And, uh, and it, took me about, it took me about four weeks to recover from that, but I didn't really have four weeks to recover because about two weeks later, I was in Turkey running the Istanbul Marathon. Uh-huh. So, but it took me a while. This might be a special marathon as well, isn't it? It was, it was beautiful, so it was, because then you run, you run from the Asia side right across over to the, the Europe side. So you, you cross this, this beautiful bridge and it's, there's something really... There's a really nice feeling about it. You know, you're part of something special. Um, and people... Everybody was doing Dublin. And Dublin's like 100 euro to do it. And uh, I think I flew to Istanbul and did the race for for cheaper <laughs> than 100 euro. It was only... It was 8, it was eight euro to do the Istanbul Marathon. Wow. And you get two t-shirts. You get a bag. You get loads of stuff. And it's like 8 euro. And it's like the cheapest race ever. So... Dublin's nice, but they I guess because it's so close to home. But um, they are free, getting expensive, though, aren't they? The rooms yeah, are getting expensive. Yeah, but I've kind of like now they tra- travel and kind of throw on a Martin here, mm. here and there, and it's I it was like a, uh, I ran around Colombia as well, and it was a really hot hot day, so it was pretty cool it wasn't pretty cool because my Spanish was pretty terrible by the time i finished the race nobody could speak any English and I was totally lost and I was like well, how yeah, did I even get home here nobody <laughs> nobody at all spoke English and uh, how I got home that day was a complete nightmare. nightmare. you so, did the Camino as well didn't you did the Camino aye uh, so
1: what's that like that's an experience that most people want to go on like.
0: yeah the Camino was fantastic I did the Camino very didn't take me too long to do it like you know I was running a lot of it and he <laughs> uh, needed a good month to do it I think it was about three weeks I, I did it and uh, the, com- the Camino was quite how far you know, is, that? is that like it's a bit of marathon every day I would say so it was um, is it three or four hundred miles the Camino is it yeah yeah it's about that or more than that I think but uh, yeah the Camino was amazing you know because the, the Camino is it's is extremely therapeutic you know because you meet people on the Camino who you know you, the first time you ever meet them, and you never see them again. So you, they just dump all their problems on you, and they, I don't want to use the word dump. Sorry, they they tell you about your their problems, and you tell them about your problems, and then off you go again. And it's just that release of kind of, and everybody's mm. everybody's on the camino for a reason. It's like a pilgrimage,
1: you know? really, isn't it? Like
0: yeah, yeah, it's, like, so. it's fantastic. And then when you, when you kind of listen, genuinely listen to people's um, concerns, it, it puts your own life in the perspective in many ways. Mm-hmm. So it does.
1: What's your if you had one marathon to go back over, which one would it be?
0: The the one the, the most beautiful race that you will ever do is Ackle Island, um, Ackle Island um, marathon, and I would recommend it to, to anybody. And I, I think the, the <laughs> it, it, it you talk about you know race directors, a, a very you know the characters of some race directors, but Don McLaughlin's a real character as well, and he just. A bigger attraction to go down the because she's just so laid back. Everything is all over the place, <laughs> but it's just it's such a great race. So it is, and it's 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 really really good.
1: Just raw essence of running, is it?
0: Yeah, yeah. Because you're on your own. A lot of it, like you know, and quite often when you run, when you run a, a run a marathon, you know you. You're using up so much energy, but you actually think when you go around Aqua, you're like recharging. You're just your batteries are just being mm. recharged. That every look, you just feel stronger, and it's just beautiful. It's just a
1: beautiful area, isn't it? Really, you just reconnects yourself.
0: Yeah, and that's that's what it is. You know, it is a real sort of reconnection. The the world around us. Mm, cause we live
1: in a beautiful island. Actually, bea- a yeah, beautiful yeah, place.
0: Yeah, isn't yeah, it's fort? it's it's amazing. <laughs> like so it is, and uh, I try now like a. I used to be a marathon counter there's another marathon done there's an another marathon done mm-hmm. but now i have kind of and what i'm saying running has been different things to me over the years before you know it used to be just eyeballs out stuff but now i have kind of it used to be kind of eyeballs out stuff and then for a period it was a kind of space to kind of think through but now running for me is 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 very much about not thinking it's about mm-hmm. totally not thinking and if I'm thinking during a race, then I'm not, well, not not doing it right. But I want the race to be not thinking, just. So totally you just switching. like you like to be present. Absolutely. Yeah. Like your body's is, designed to be present. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not. Um, Absolutely.
1: I remember reading a thing one time. And it was like you know, depression is thinking about the past or living in the past. Yeah. And anxiety it's, is thinking like about the, the future. future. Yeah. And our bodies aren't designed to do that. You know, you go back way to hunter-gatherers times. Yeah. We were just lived in the moment, and your body thrives in that. So, something I've tried to adapt in my running as well, is very similar to yourself. And again, through the journey that you're taking, it means so many different things to you as you're going through that journey. Um, all through this year, I've just been trying to stay present with my runs. Yeah. and it, You just get so much more release from it, you Without know? It's out of doubt. It's out of doubt. And, um you know, I'm not saying it'll stay that way. Either. I'm not saying I won't go to eyeballs again. Like, but at some stage, but yeah. I don't think I'll ever lose that aspect of you know really taking out as much I mean, appreciation and gratitude for what actually is happening on this day,
0: isn't it? Absolutely. You know, and running is it's 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 a huge therapy for for lots of people, but running can also become part of the the addiction and. You know, and it can become part of that. It's it no longer becomes a therapy, but becomes an addiction. And unless you you have a run, you know, you mm-hmm. don't feel well. And I, I did Leadville this year, and there's a guy called Rob Carr, and Rob won the race. But Rob talks very openly about when he wasn't able to run. He was suicidal, so he was. And he wasn't well. And I would imagine there's many runners out there mm-hmm. who, who feel like that if they don't get out for a run their mental health just totally deteriorates. And you kind of have to think to yourself, you know, that there you have to maybe do some work outside of, of the running because we might not always run forever, you know. And if stopping running is, is if we, we fall down or we have some difficulties from stopping running, we have to kind of think about maybe life outside running. Mm. So we do.
1: I think a big part of it is, I always I always mention reconnection, but it is that it gets you outside being reconnected, because yeah. our modern world that we live in is not what we're designed to be in. It's not, and it goes against. There's this always this pull against what our bodies designed to do. So the running's actually giving you that, and it's that you get so much energy out of that reconnection, that well being. Yeah. So when that's taken away from you, where are you getting it? So. You are right to the point. You know, when we get injured, we get down, or whatever, we're not getting out. But actually, you can go outside. <laughs> yeah. You can go out and walk through a forest or do X, Y, and Z and
0: just try and keep something going, like, isn't it? Yeah, and it's very important for us as human beings to kind of re- to connect with the outside. Um, hugely important, and many of us kind of forget about that. And sure. running running allows us to do
1: that. So you um, do a lot of hill running too, like, because how do you find that compared... To the roads you've done quite I've, a lot
0: yeah I've, 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 I've really in the last few years i've got into hill running a lot more you know and before i started doing hill running, i was just roads all the time you know and i totally lost my mojo and and you know i guess people who run a lot but i was chatting to somebody the other day and they were saying you know you're running such a, a love-hate relationship because sometimes you're, you're running and you're not even liking it at all like you're just out running <laughs> and you've just lost your mojo and you know, you can't get what you're looking for, you know, and it's it's difficult. But so then I started doing the off road stuff and it was great. I got my like mojo back again and I was just he weren't worried about times, but um, he just felt so much better being out in the outdoors. Mm-hmm. See so what? And it was a real sort of it was an eye opener for me because I did that Hell and Deal series and there was a guy there, he was like 65, 70, and i am trying to beat <laughs> him every every week, like, you know, and I I sort of said to myself I'm a really fit guy here you know I'm a super fit guy but this guy's 65-70 I'm thinking to myself if I'm 65-70 I would hopefully I'm be as fit as you like yeah. you know it's, uh, it's the, the, the hill runners are just a different a different a different breed you know and I remember there was a girl in front of me and, and she was she was a lot older I'd say she was in her 60s as well and I remember her coming down off the hills and she fell flat on her face but as she fell on her face, she just sort of came up very quickly <laughs> as well and just kept going like, you know, and you're not often you see people like in their twenties get up that quickly, yeah. like, you know, so it's a, the hill runners are just a, they're a different breed and fantastic to be around. like.
1: You've done quite some of the hill ultras as well, have you? Um. Did you do them all way or was it just the causeway? Yeah, way? no, I did them all way, I did the causeway, um. And do you find that's just a, a deeper level of connection then really?
0: Yeah, it's um, the first time I did the Mormon way It was uh, I just thought this is amazing because it was the first Mormon way was the first off road race I'd ever done, and then you're you're stopping at feed stations, talking to people, having a bit of crack. Even in the hills, you're kind of walking up them. See so where you were able to kind of talk to people and uh, it was just far better so I was, I was like this is really enjoyable because like, you know, you're so used to the roads and just going hill for leather all the time
1: I asked you to come down to talk about Leadville <laughs> 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 but you talk about hills so we'll have to touch a bit on that I, I'm fascinated
0: by this race give me a bit of history on the race uh, uh, level was uh, a set up by a guy geez, his name has just disappeared out of my head now, but basically Leadville was a end town and uh just overnight the, the mining uh, disappeared, everybody lost their job, Ken Chouder, that was his name, and uh, he's a phenomenal figure in the the on board. and uh, so overnight Leadville just basically died, you know, all the work dried mm-hmm. up, so Ken decided to start a race, um, wanted to make it a really good race, and uh, to bring something into Leadville, and... The rest is history. I like think it's it is uh It's a hundred mile race, isn't it? Yeah, it's a hundred mile race and it's uh it's at altitude, like so it's totally like it's it is it is tough. So <laughs> it, it, it broke me. It totally broke me. And like I, I don't remember ever a point being in in my entire life being physically broken, you know. I've, I've once been mentally broken but Leadville physically broke me. Um totally. I was
1: What's the elevation like in Leadville? So it
0: starts off, I think it starts off at 10,000 feet above sea level. Yeah. So, that's very Even like when you're sitting down, you know, it's just, when you're sitting down, it's um, you feel your heart you going even quicker. So I really, I really struggled um, at Leadville. I struggled from the, the moment it was there. Because um, you arrived early, didn't you? You always arrive a few days to try and... A yeah, I arrived, I arrived about 10 days beforehand, but I was grand for the first few yeah. days. I was like, this just the elevation is ridiculous why did i arrive here but then <laughs> it's after that like i started to get really bad and like i did a, I did 10k which is part of the level series and i was in uh i was in whatchamacallit yeah I was, I was in bed for about um about 24 hours after doing that 10k race it was in a terrible mess so it was i was just uh, that just from the altitude yeah, ten thousand feet. Like, how do you even start to prepare yourself nah, for that? You can't really like, so you can't. <laughs> 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 you really can't. Um, it was so like we went up whole Pass the first few days. whole Pass was grand, but I mean, I did whole Pass in the in the race. whole Pass broke me like it yeah. was. It was total horror like.
1: It's a beautiful location though,
0: isn't it? Absolutely yeah. beautiful. beautiful uh, it's it's absolutely amazing. So it was, but I. It was, uh, it was very few moments in Leadville where I was in the moment. Very few, you know. <laughs> I was. I was. When I look back now and reflect on this, and I'm going to go back to Leadville next year, put my name in, and, and do it again. But when I look back, I wasn't. I was not in the moment at all during Leadville. Like you know, my head was just totally all over the place. Um, I got a, a few things wrong during the race, and yeah, it was just. I, I wasn't. Matthew um, definitely wasn't present for that reason
1: yeah. so what time of year is that race on?
0: it's in August so it was it was on my uh, it took place on my 36th birthday so and it starts at about 4 o'clock in the morning and Leadville is, an, is a totally an, an amazing special place there's there's, there's literally nothing in Leadville at all like you know and the race has become so big that it keeps the entire town going for the whole year yeah, that's because like ken and he sold the race a few years ago to a sports company like and they've really developed the race you know of training camps there's other so they've all our events now so there's a lot of people want to do the it's like lead man so the, there's a marathon and then there's a bike race and there's a 10k and then there's the, the 100 miter uh, meter so there's, there's loads now to do throughout the years so how do you people, get
1: how do you get into registration
0: so it's just an open uh, registration you put your name in and if you get in you get in you don't you don't um, do you know how many people uh, get into the race it's about 400 it's a, it's the biggest it's the biggest uh, 100 mile race in uh, probably the states so it is so it's one of, it one of the easier ones again though. so you know Cause like, it's so tough because hey. <laughs> it's so tough <laughs> yeah it's, it is but th- there's quite a lot of uh, entries for it mm-hmm. so there is so.
1: and what type of training would you do for that is this more hill work and as much climbing yeah so well, I tr-
0: I try to do like loads and loads of back to back more and I try to do loads of hill training the morns, and mornings, um, and all those kind of things mm-hmm.
1: and on the race morning then so it's four o'clock start do you stay far away from
0: the race start or no, no. so the devil's quite very small so you can walk there anywhere so you know so we were just like <laughs> we even ran, we ran down the hill to the start line you know i was exhausted <laughs> so it was, yeah well, you just know that's it's, it's not a good start like so it's not um it's, i can only imagine yeah. then so it has to be dark yeah it started at, yeah it started at four o'clock in the morning it's dark and like everyone with their head torches on and ah so my race was a total disaster i started and my head torch was like i couldn't get the the the, the the whatchamacallit, the the button had fallen out of it. So I could only get the wee sort of dim light. And I had to sort of stay, I tried to stay along with people and then they were miles away ahead of me. So I was running in the dark with a wee small light and it was just a total disaster. Like I fell three times at the very start and uh, I was just like, oh, this is a disaster, like, so it is. And I was, I was totally out of puff. When I came through the marathon stage, I was just like, oh my God, I am wrecked here, like totally right oh, that's, that's quarterway Mark yeah yeah I was totally I was totally right mm-hmm. when well, i got up Hope Pass for the first time like I I stopped at Hope Pass you know about eight times on the way up you know I was just I was physically broken but I got I was better coming back the ways because it's an out and back when I come back I had, I had a can of Red Bull for the first time ever in my life <laughs> and uh, it got me over so it did but on the way there the Hope Pass broke me and again, I, I wasn't prepared because I was a lot slower coming off hook pass, and then by the time I'd come off it, I didn't have a headlamp. So then, so again, I had to stick along with people who had a headlamp. It was totally dark, and I had no headlamp. So I had to stick with people who had one, and uh, you know I wasn't running my own race. I was trying to yeah. keep up with other people. Like so, so things were falling apart. <laughs> so they were, yeah.
1: and you need so much confidence in your mind, don't you, when you're running a race like that? Yeah, yeah. No. It sounded like you right from the beginning of that race
0: I'm, I'm totally like I, I've kind of said to people like I've bluffed my way through running like for um, f- for years because when I we went to Laidville I met up with this guy who had, had seen his videos on um, on YouTube and I went to yoga one day down of the yoga studio and then I, I was like you're the guy from the videos like so I uh, I made up with him so did, and then we went for something to eat and he was asked me like you know what's your nutrition plan for for level i remember looking i'm going <laughs> what i don't really have one made, like so i do just see what I, I can get into me like so again so but i've tried to since level trying to do something now, like so i bet it was terrible so temperature was it yeah, uh it was actually all it was during the day it was it was okay, so it was, but at night time it was it was freezing. Mm-hmm. It was really cold at night time and that's what broke me at the in the end, like so at seventy miles, you know, I I, I couldn't stop shivering, like I was just I was mm-hmm. totally and the medics had put me down in front of a fire and all and I was hoping they I could just to sort of get going, but after about ten minutes I was still shivering. And is there much
1: like hundred mile race? I know it's fifty miles out and back. Is there much support from the locals or Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: There's 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 huge amount of support along along the way and uh there's loads of checkpoints. Um so you,
1: you told me about a plateau, not a plateau but a place was it like Mile 80 or something? What's that? Where there was um like a hippie sort of retreat or something, was there?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, uh, <laughs> So there's a place called the space station, So it is and uh, so it's I, did, I didn't make it I was paying my <laughs> way. <I'm> way, <laughs> way in a mood. like but, uh, it's an unofficial it's an unofficial aid station in um, Leadville, which everybody knows and lots of people who are runners go there to drink alcohol take drugs uh, and people are all pretty out of their minds there so it's a very famous part of the, the Leadville race it's an unofficial part of it but that a lot of, you know, people who are obsessively into running and, <laughs> and the outdoors will all go there and have a massive party. So it's... It's a celebration, really. Yeah, yeah. It's a celebration of, of you know, of, of running, you know. And, uh, yeah, it's so it's well known. Like, mm-hmm. go there and have a party there.
1: So Ali Shaw, he got beat up by Leadville, really. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so what, what's drawn you back to it? Um, I, just, I just have to go back and do it. Hmm. <laughs> so as I was saying there, um, yeah. So Ali Shaw got beat up by though
0: <sighs> Totally destroyed, like, so did. And uh, I kind I took the DNF a wee bit better this year, so did. Because uh, <laughs> the year before I got a DNF, so was, well, I've only had a few DNFs. Like, but the first one I got was uh, uh, yeah, it destroyed me. So it did, but life kind of gives you what you. what you need you know and there was a lot of of heartache the next day that I didn't get around you know but you have to learn you know you have to learn that you're not always going to things are not always going to go to plan and you have to kind of learn from that and I took a lot better this year so but I I would like to come back to Leadville because quite often you know when I go away on holidays I'm way doing things here and everywhere and i always kind of say to myself you know i'll not go back there again because life's too short and mm. i want to see somewhere else in the world you know and um but in leadville you know in colorado he just maybe it's a little bit like Ackle, you know he just felt so at peace and you felt like your your batteries were recharging and you didn't have to do a while lot well you didn't you couldn't do a while because the altitude you know you were exhausted every time you were around. <laughs> So there was just, there was just a sense of peace and saying, there's nothing in Leadville, There's just literally nothing. There's a couple of shops, coffee shop, and that's really it. Beautiful. And it was, it's just, I, was, did the, I did yoga, like every day I was there, I did yoga. and uh, Was that new to you, the yoga? It's new. Was it new to you when you went there? No, or have you, no, no always I always, I've, I've always did yoga, so I have, but I, it was new to me doing it every day, so it was, but... Um, and then on the Saturday before the, the Saturday before the race, you know, I was doing yoga on a rooftop, looking over the Colorado mountains, and I was just, it was like, this is amazing, like yeah, it was, it was beautiful. Nice. So yeah, I would, I just want to go back to level. There was something very special about it as well, you know. And uh, <laughs> you feel you feel normal and and in some way accepted as well because I remember at work somebody had asked me, oh, you going to do a race? Are you?" And I says, "Aye." What are you doing? I'm, I'm doing a level one hundred. One hundred? What's that? I'm like it's hundred miles. And you can watch some just walk away in the distance thinking this guy's full of absolute shit. <laughs> <laughs> he's not doing hundred miles, so he's not. So this person's walking away going that guy's such a liar, like you know. Um, but but over level, you know, it's great. The Americans actually love a hundred meters. You know, you mm-hmm. get people turn up for level who've never ran a marathon yeah. and do it. You know? Um, and Perfect. the guy Sean Cook that, that became very friendly with, I think Leadville was his first ever like race. So he did a 10 mile. then he went and did Leadville, you know? So there's lots of people like that. Class. So usually here, it's like a gradual thing. You kind of work your way up to it. So yeah. Like, people are looking bigger all the time now, aren't
1: they? They're getting more exposure and social media and podcasts and things like that. It's just opening
0: people's minds up. Yeah, yeah. Like, when I started started my mar- like marathon running like people were saying you know one marathon a month you know that's you have to give your body your body time one a month you know and that's kind of been blown well out of the water like you know um people saying you well,
1: know. it used to be give your body three months to recover yeah well everyone's doing back-to-back marathons.
0: well you're, you're a bit older than me yeah <laughs> <laughs> <Perfect>. <laughs>
1: so uh we started off one a year by the way <laughs> there are people other than me
0: <laughs> <laughs> so um yeah it's, but that's been well blowing the water like you know you can go out you know and people don't even look at like 26.2 now is the kind of you know the uh, that you know unachievable mm. distance now you know people want wanting bigger so they are um, all the time you know people are going out and doing back to backs and Back to back ultras and you know, all sorts. And I probably the last,
1: I, the last man's stand is a big thing now as well, isn't it?
0: Yeah, yeah. It's,
1: it's, but how far can you go? Like, yeah, um, it so was, are you competed in that?
0: Yeah, I did that this year. Like, you know, I was kind of saying to myself, get the 100, get the 100. But then by the time I was kind of again, it was, I wasn't eating the right stuff, so I wasn't, I think it was about 80 miles I got to there, and uh, my stomach was in, was in terrible, terrible shape. But it's a real, it's a mental thing that, um, and there was a guy running alongside me. He's an older guy from, from, from Stravan. He's a long distance runner. And uh, I was expecting to see him there until Monday. But he actually pulled out before the 100 miles, you know. And uh, it's a real, it's yeah. a mental thing more than anything. But I was watching that, that uh, big dog's backyard. And that was amazing to see yeah. that, you know. And it was amazing to see a female runner up there, giving the man, uh everything. She was amazing to see yeah. you know. And, and they're really
1: like, coming on on the longer distance, like in some of the races, they're now beating the men. Yeah,
0: yeah, uh, and like in born they run as well. Like it's Anne, I forget her second name, but they were talking about her and she was, it was Leadville, I think she was she was winning it for a while and then the Tara Tara or whatever you call them kind of yeah, over yeah. overtook her, I think so. But uh yeah, that was that was amazing. That was that that. Big dogs backyard this year like
1: mm-hmm. fantastic. Is that something you maybe thinking about going to? It's in Tennessee,
0: isn't it? Is it no? Yeah, it's not Tennessee, is it? If, um, I think it might be. Yeah. So I, I'm is.
1: thinking maybe Laz, your you Lars a from the Barkley Marathons. Does that? Yeah. That's when it sets him up. I'll try and do that. I
0: would like to do the Castle Ward one this year. Like I you know if if the days have mm. uh, if they have space left in the Bunker House, I'll definitely do that because. You know, it's all, it's a, it's a, it's a mind thing. And court, towards the end of uh, the, the last one standing, I'm kind of thinking to myself, you know, I have to drive home here. I have to go home and I live an hour and a half way. And how am I going to do this? You know, <laughs> and those things will play on you when you're, when you're running. You've got so a dentist I, well, appointment. <laughs> <laughs> I know, like, so uh, those things kind of play on you. So I'll, I'll try and sort of book the bunker before and after the race if I can. So and do
1: those. And do you think then what we bring into that race? It's obviously around nutrition. is something you really need to sort of focus yeah, on these yeah. long I try
0: distances. not to. I sort of ice cream. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe it turned out like I was standing at the start line and that quad the hero like eating an ice cream like. <laughs> I remember somebody saying to me a few weeks beforehand, "We knew you were in trouble, then, like." <laughs> so uh, yeah, just. It's, 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 tried to kind of cut out the sort of the the quick sugars and the 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 quick um but you know people talk you can only
1: you can only um use the sugar really to lift you and it'll drop you and lift you and drop you you can only do that cycle so many times before your body becomes polluted with it
0: really isn't it yeah totally like so I've, I've tried to you know and uh train the body then to go out and and to not do that is I'm Kind of having to do that now at the minute, mm. so I'm um, and making sure that I don't take those sort of quick sugars, um, as so
1: you, often. You give it back a bit, and you're running as well. You do quite a bit through pacing. So you have done the half marathon, the full marathon.
0: Yeah, so it was, um, yeah, so, my first time I was ever pacing. So it was the first time I was ever pacing. It was the the second time I was diagnosed with cancer, so coming into the first time doing pacing the surgeon had said to me we're going to bring you in next week and I thought I was said to him you're going to have to hold on a minute here because <laughs> I, I'm doing a marathon next week like so you and he was like what <laughs> he says he said well you know what go and do your race and then we'll we'll do the surgery the week after he says a week will not make any difference so I, I'd ran in the, the first time pacing um, knowing that I had cancer for the the second time, oh. so yeah, it was uh, the second time was was quite different, and quite strange. Yeah. It was. And what what do you get out? of Because you've paced a few
1: races like Belfast, June half marathon. What do you get out of that?
0: I find it I find it very difficult to go down and watch races when you're not you're not running yourself. And I find that very difficult because. Because a part of me just wants to be, to be part of that you know yeah. and especially when you're injured going watching people running it's so difficult mm-hmm. so it is to do that but i guess for the pacing i can kind of i can give something back so i can and uh yeah I, I, it's like a great buzz,
1: great buzz when you come across the finish line and you've helped people get pbs like yeah
0: yeah it's great at the end so it is to, to people coming up to you and, and saying thanks very much you know you've really helped mm-hmm. me get get over the pb and uh, <laughs> people must see me at the, at the end of the, the Belfast marathon and then I'm the roller going, this pace is absolutely nuts because I'm showing sure the people going, you can do this, you know. <laughs> because that's a real tough part of the Belfast marathon that, um, and I've paced Belfast now I could a few times and um, it's a tough part of the, the course and I'm going back to do the new course next year. So um, so. As Pacer. Yeah, yeah. They so give me three thirty next year, which is gonna be a slog. So, oh, but you know, I'll do it. Brilliant. Um, so yeah, it's 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 really it's it's nice and it's enjoyable. So it is. Um, and uh, you know what? You never, you never keep people everybody happy. I guess sometimes people are saying you going too slow, and other people going you're too too fast. <laughs> so you kind of just have to just just roll with it. See so you sure, sure. happens. Uh, so you talk about
1: Leadville next year. Have you any other things in line of sight next year?
0: I haven't really because i am a final year of university and I've I've nothing really planned. I'll I'll go back to Yackle again and I'll do Yackle. I'll do the back to back ultras at Agle. So and uh, <laughs> it's like last year at Agle I did the, the the Marathon, the Friday, the Ultra on the Saturday. And then I did the the Seven Sisters Marathon then on the Sunday. <laughs> so it did, and this, the Seven Sisters Marathon done it all. I run a marathon only about three hours, three hours, thirty, three hours, or 45 these days. I, th- I think me and Jared Campbell ran it, and I think it was about 11 hours it took us to do it. So it's totally, it's brutal, it's totally insane. So it's, it's in August, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So they're trying to turn that into a points race, hopefully they do, but it, it is the toughest marathon, that is exactly. the toughest marathon in Ireland, it has to be, like, you know. Brilliant. Um, so.
1: Is there one, is there one race that you had a choice to do? Is there one big race, something like the Barclay or something like that there that you would love to do? Um, just, just maybe sitting the Really Way really in the back of your mind, so yeah. Well, level's
0: in my head now at the minute, just to kind of finish it and, and, and do it. I'd like to go back and do the quad hero. So, hopefully, if Harold is listening to this, um, he, he pulled the hero this year, he didn't get enough mm-hmm. numbers for it, so we didn't. But hopefully, if Harold's listening to this, to give it another go <laughs> because Donegal is, is beautiful, man. You know, so the races that I haven't finished, you know, I'd like to go back and do them. But level's there. You know, I would level was something really special, and it was, it was just, I don't know, I just felt at peace and content, and I had my batteries charged when I was there. You know, so that's why I'd like to go back and do it. So level is in, it's in my head, so it is.
1: You you really do have a character trait there, because you've talked about the last man standing the hero Leadville, and you really do not like leaving with unfinished business there. No, no,
0: it's. <laughs> I I take the e N F a wee bit better than it than it, than it did you know and uh, yeah because it you have to just accept them you know but the one time I did get the e I just was totally um, I was in I was in bits about it but yeah you know I, I, it's, yeah
1: so you dumb out well today in the park run so you came first sub twenty yeah yeah I mean,
0: I'm only as good as the man in front of me so there was a guy in front of me for for most of the race and then I just kind of right, I'll have to pass you now, like, so also, well, it's hard, like, it's hard being, you watch runners, you, the, the best runners are out on their own for a long period of time, because that's tough going, it's tough going on your own, you know, Um and one of the, one of the, one of the best things about running is, is, the two of the best things about running is, is one, being on your own, I, I love that being on my own part, but the other bit is, is, being with somebody and both of you sharing that experience and and the workload um i do love that part of running sorry brilliant ali thanks very much no worries man (laughs) it's simple as
1: that well done cheers good man what a class act it was muhammad ali who said he who is not courageous enough to take risks will accomplish nothing in life i believe that ali lives a full and courageous life which helps to shine a light on those around him I look forward to hearing more about his exploits in the future. Until next week, stay safe and keep on moving.